So if you have your Bibles this morning, let's let's get ready to go to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. I think that um, we have just been in the blessing of praise this morning. I just feel good about praising my Lord, thanking my Lord. Hallelujah. He's been so good to us. And now we come to His Word. And we want to, this morning, you know, God always works things out. Sometimes... Now, last week, we didn't know it. Rodney and I both pretty much had along the same lines a word. In fact, several things were crossing over. And the Lord just works that out. You know, he wants to bring out a point. He wants to um, really expand something. Then he'll use more than one of us to do that. And uh, so this morning, something uh, kind of different happened. And uh, so get your Bibles out. I want to go to the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. In the fifth chapter, the end of the fifth chapter, and beginning with the sixth chapter, uh, these, again, and we we were kind of here last week, didn't really cover uh, the Beatitudes, but there are just some things here that I think that I want to talk about, and, and the Lord just kind of kind of put it on my heart this morning. And so, let's read um, the last verse of Matthew five. I think it's verse. I think it's forty-eight. Yes. So we'll read verse forty-eight, and then I want to read just a few, going down of the first four verses of. Um, chapter 6. So verse 48, therefore, you be perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Boy, Lord, I wish you hadn't said that. That's That's a big one. Be perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I think that's, uh, don't let it scare you. If the Lord says it can be done, it can be done. So chapter 6. Be careful not to do your merciful deeds before men in order to be seen by them. Now, merciful deeds here has to do with what we would, we would refer to as alms. And probably in the, uh, yes, in the King James Version and, and, and probably many of the other English versions, you're going, you're going to see that word alms there. We don't really, I mean, that was an old English word. We don't understand it too well, but it just, it just is a, a merciful deed. That's, it's something that you do for somebody that is in need, a merciful deed. Be careful not to do them before men in order to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do merciful deeds, do not trumpet before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be glorified by men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, 
doing merciful deeds. Do not let your left know what your right does. Now, I, I know in your, in your scripture it's going to say hand there. But really, it is don't let your left know what your right is doing. So that your merciful deeds may be in secret. And your father, seen in secret himself, will repay you in the open. So I guess you know what we're going to talk about this morning. About giving. About giving. So, the Lord help us. Lord, just we have an open heart before the Lord. The preceding verse, be perfect. So this is one of those things, be perfect in giving. Be perfect in giving. And so we're going to ask the Lord to just bless. Amen. And Lord Jesus, we ask you, now these are your words, not mine. All I can do is just try to convey what you mean to us, how it works into our life, what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, I just ask you this morning that, that you'd anoint me, anoint the ears to hear, the heart, anoint the heart to be open, to hear what the words of the Lord say unto us. Because Lord, I don't believe that you're just wasting time in your teaching. I believe it is for us and will do us great, great good. We ask your blessing, Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm going to tell you what's so unique. Sometimes the Lord uh, is able to uh, just coordinate things that. And so I am studying and, and hearing this word because of last week we talked about the Beatitudes. And so we're kind of entering into this a little bit. And then uh, this week, um, our secretary, our church secretary, Heather, calls me and says, I've got all the giving reports done. So, let me tell you what these giving reports are about. Number one, it's not to keep a record of you and find out what you're doing. I don't even look at that during the year. That's between you and the Lord. It is for uh, a receipt for government. You can use this for givings on your taxes. And I think most of all, it really comes back to me. What did I do this year? I evaluate that in my life, and, and I hope that you do that. Um, have I been faithful? And, it, and it's not, again, it's, it's before the Lord. It's before the Lord. Now, none of you are privy to what anybody else gives in this church, and that's on purpose. We just read the Scripture. We do it in secret because it's not about the next person. It's about the Lord. And so I give, and, and I'm just going to do something right now. Lord, I pray that everyone, Lord, this represents the people of this body. And everyone that gives, and gives in good faith to ministry here at this place. Lord, we believe that you are using this body, this church, as part of your kingdom here in Claremore, California, or Claremore Oklahoma. Lord, and we just believe, God, that everyone that puts in and everyone that gives, they're saying, Lord, we believe, Jesus, that your work is right, your kingdom is right. We want it to go forward. And so we ask you to bless everyone.
bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. I almost made a mistake there about California. I don't want to do that. But we're just, we're just thank you. And at the end of service, uh, I want to give these out to you, each and every one of you. And, and I say a special God bless you, each and every one. Now, let me say something else. I, I, I've got to say this when we talk about giving because typically what we're doing is we think that the more we give, the more the preacher gets. That's not my case, okay? Don't you know that's not been my case for 30 years? Um, it's not determined on, well, I don't want to give too much to preacher. No, no it's, it's not like that at all. And the brothers know what goes on with, with our, our ministry. What you give supports this church, supports this ministry, supports the going forth of the kingdom of God in this church. I want to tell you something. It is just, and, and it's okay if I say this, just write it first before we get going. I just want to say, Lord, how did you take a group of, not a large group, a group of 150 or 200 that we had in Canada, how do you, how do you, how do you pay off a church like this? How do you do that? Just by giving, just by being, being careful about what we do. Amen. We need to hire somebody that just puts in batteries. That's all they do. What's your application? I put batteries in microphones. Yeah. Um, and so, faithful giving and, and faithful oversight, God does much. Can you say amen? And say something about this church right now. God is providing every need. He's providing, every, and we're just, we, we just keep on coming up with things that need to be done, things that we, we just purchased something for the, for the children's. Uh, we're going to build them a, a play, playground. We just finished the building out there. We just put air conditioners in, in the uh, other building, and, and I'm looking at that, and our funds haven't even gone down. And you know, just thank you, Jesus. Can you say amen? It's just faithful giving. It's just faithful giving. So I want to talk about giving, and and uh, so the Lord just bless you in this because you're all a part of this. Uh, we are all in this together. And so let's just look at this chapter and we're just going to rejoice in the Lord in it. So, amen. We talked about last week, chapter 5. None of the things that are called Beatitudes can be done just physically, just going to do them out of a carnal mind, flesh, without the heart being right. Can you say amen? So we talked all about that and about the heart. So we want to just work on that a little, a little bit again. I think the Lord reveals to us our inadequacy. He wants us to know that we can't do this in ourselves. You can't just join the Christian club and be a Christian. It, it, it cannot work. He designed it so it can't work. 
I've had a lot of people over the years, we've had people come to the church that just really like the atmosphere. This is a good, you know, right atmosphere for my children. And, and, but if you don't get the heart right, you're not going to stay because it takes the heart, the, the, the surgery of the heart, the change of the heart for us because we are inadequate inadequate to walk this Christ life in our own ability. See, if we could do it in ourselves, we wouldn't need him. That's why he leaves it in such a state that you cannot do it by yourself, that you need him every single day. I think it's an insult to the Lord to act like we don't need him. We can just do it on our own and we'll just buckle it up and, and away we go. But God has designed it so that if our heart is right, if our heart is changed before Him, and if we humble ourselves down before Him and daily we, we find that strength that He has for our life, then we are going to be able to walk this Christian life. Listen to what David says in Psalms 37.4. Delight thyself also in the Lord... And he will give thee the desires of thy heart. So we go over to the New Testament, and I hear a lot of people quote this and say, they say, whatsoever you ask, whatsoever things that you want and desire, whatsoever things you ask, that God is going to give them to you. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a qualifier. Delight thyself in the Lord. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, your heart is not going to be calling out for a bunch of fleshly things. Your heart's going to be changed before Him. You delight in the Lord, and then the desire of your heart then, the right heart, the good heart, the clean heart, the heart that wants to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ, then that desire the Lord is going to give you in your life. So we are totally dependent, and, and uh, it doesn't matter if you have just come to the Lord, if you've been, been in this thing for a while, if you are a long-term Christian, you've understood. If you are a long-term Christian, you have understood that it's not by your strength, it's not by your might, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Jesus said this, and I don't like to think of it this way because we think we're something. He said, without me, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I wrote this down here. We have silly women who think they are called of God to preach to large conferences of other silly women about self-worth, about identity, all the fleshly matters of this life, they think God has called them to do that. Men, preachers, mega preachers who don't even know the Lord, holding huge meetings and rallies for men to be better husbands and to be, be uh, better workers and to be better fathers. And all the while, they themselves are failing miserably. And that word is contrary to the Word of God anyway. The Lord never said hold self-help rallies to prop you up so you can know 
Rather, he wants us to come down. He always ministers with the humble. He resists the proud, and he ministers grace and ability to the humble. Sometimes the Lord wants us to be in the state of asthenia or weakness. If you want to be successful, you want to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's impossible You can only acquire that at all with a heart that has been changed. So I want to look at this be perfect because the English word perfect, I think we might have a wrong grasp of that a little bit. When we talk about perfect, we think of perfect, it is without any mistake, flaw, error of any kind whatsoever. That's a big order. For the Lord to tell us, be perfect. If, if that's the way we're going to look at perfect. But really, the Greek word here is teleos. And in this setting, the definition says it this way. It's future indicative. It becomes imperative or an imperative command to us. It becomes the delegation of normalcy in the Christian life. And what it means really is to become mature in the Lord. To become filled out. In the Lord. It doesn't mean to become perfect in the flesh, but rather to be filled out and to be complete and to be grown up in the Lord. So, how much does it mean when the scripture says, be filled with the Spirit? Because if we're not filled with the Spirit, then we're doing it in our flesh. When we try and do it in our flesh, there is no way that the flesh can be perfect before God. Quit trying to make the flesh perfect before God. Get the heart perfect before God, and the flesh is going to follow. Hey, this sounds like what we said last week. Can everybody say amen? Romans, the 8th chapter, the carnal mind and the spirit of Christ are at odds. They are enemies. I know that, and you know that, but sometimes it gets a little confusing because we're hearing the voice of the flesh, and we're hearing the voice of the Lord, and And sometimes they may be close, and sometimes they're just miles apart. But the Spirit of the Lord and the carnal mind, or that mind that is flesh, that mind that's going to take it into the hands of flesh, it becomes an enemy of the Spirit of God. They are at different ends of the spectrum. They, They are not friends. They cannot be friends, and they never will be friends. So when we look at the human mind, the human psyche, um, it's going to tell us one thing. The Spirit of the Lord is going to tell us something different. I, I think that, at least in my past, the way I grew up is, is that we're trying to get the flesh mind and the Spirit of God to work together. But Paul said that's not possible. They're not friends. They will not hold hands and pitch woo. They are not going to get along together. They are not going to agree to disagree. One is going to lead and the other is going. Jesus said this, you you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love the one and the other one you don't love or you're going to love that one and the first one you don't love. This is how the spirit life goes. This is how the heart within us goes. They are warring one against another. In the Christian life, Paul's not preaching to the world. He's preaching to the church. 
And so the carnal mind, which becomes an enemy, or it's thinking on a different realm than what the Spirit of the Lord is thinking. And so when we go back to the Beatitudes, there we are again, we realize that when I, Paul said, when I am weak, uses that word asthenia. When I am in weakness, then I'm strong. That does not make sense. Lord, that just surely, it, when I'm strong, I'm strong. No. When I, the flesh, the carnal man, am weak. Now, now let's qualify that. You know, asthenias can go as far as sickness in our body. And I'm going to tell you something. When I'm sick, I don't feel very spiritual. In fact, I get a little grumpy. Can I hear an amen? I mean, I don't feel right, you know. I just, sometimes I tell, okay, don't take it out on me. I didn't make you sick. But sometimes we get sick and, and it just, we're uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. And, and that's called, in the scripture, asthenia. And the spirit ministers to our asthenias, our sicknesses, our weaknesses. But, but when we talk about asthenia, it also goes to the spiritual side, too, is that when I am weak in that carnal flesh, when I'm weak about myself and my ability and my strength and my, my uh, opinions and my attitudes, and when I'm weak there, then I can be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. And as long as I am strong, the opposite of this would be, when I am strong, then I am weak. And so the ability, or and I like this because it says, when I, uh, then I am strong. It uses that word dunamis, which we get over in the book of Acts, that you shall, the Spirit of God coming upon you, you shall receive, and we call it power, but it really is dunamis, or strength and ability, which is not yours. It's foreign to you. You don't have it, but when the Spirit comes upon you, He brings it. And so the carnal man is walking around in his strength, and the carnal man has got to get weak in order for the spiritual man to get strong. Powering through life by our own strength is futile. Mm. Short-lived with many failures and many regrets. As a Christian, I'm going to just put this out here because I put myself in the same place. As a Christian... Being a Christian, is there things in your life that you regret? I wish I hadn't said so-and-so. I wish I hadn't acted like that. I wish my response had been different. Can you say amen? Why is that? That's because the flesh got strong and the spirit got weak. But I think about the times that Somehow, I was able to put the flesh down and the Spirit of the Lord just ministered. And oh, what a calm, what a good, what a happy, contented, joyful life that we have when we do it the Lord's way. He's got a design for us, folks. He didn't just throw us in there as Christians and say, now you just get up and go out and do it. No, there's something greater than that. He is with us. He is in us. His Spirit is ministering to us because He wants us to be overcomers in Christ Jesus. But we have to humble down this old flesh. Amen? And so 
therefore, when you do... Now, if we come out of the fifth chapter and get into the sixth chapter, it's just a progression of what he's saying in the fifth chapter. He's talking about all the attitudes of the heart. Don't hate the brothers. Don't hate your enemies. I mean, they're, they're attitudes of the heart. Now we get to, and he's going to start bringing us to, the action. Or, when you do these things, therefore, when you do. And here is not if you do, but when you do. When you give. And so we're going to deal with that one this morning and possibly go to some other ones maybe coming up. But he gives us this, this list, sort of, of practical things. And he doesn't cover everything, but he gives us a list. And starting at the front of that list is giving. And I think there's a reason for that. The carnal man does not want to give. Now, I'm just going to put it right there for you. In your own flesh, you earned it. It belongs to you. Let them go earn it, and it'll belong to them. That's what the flesh says. I'm going to take care of me and mine, and uh, bless God, you know, I, like I said, I put my back to it, and now, you know, I deserve what I've got. Uh, let, me just, let me just give you a little insight about what you deserve. You didn't deserve the breath to do what you did. You didn't deserve the strength to get up in the morning and to accomplish anything or do anything well. You didn't deserve that God would bless you when you really didn't have the talents and God came in and opened doors for you anyway. And so when we think about it that way, it's like, Lord, you're the great giver. God, you are the great giver. You're the greatest giver. Thank you, Lord. And so to be like our Father, <laughs> give, I think, is, is one of the first principles of the Christian life. One, one of the first things that we would notice in a person is that you go from darkness to light. You go from selfishness to being a giver. There's only two kinds of people in this world. There's only two kinds of Christians. I doubt on the one side, but... There's only givers and takers, and the Lord wants to start this off with, my people are givers. My people are not stingy. They are, they are, are free to give, to help, to love. And so we start out with giving. I want to read you the 20, uh, 24th verse of this same chapter, so we'll, we'll kind of get this. Then everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a prudent man who built his house upon the rock. If you build on any other words other than Jesus' words, you're building on the sand. You're building your house on the sand. And the destruction will come in your life. It may not be today. It may not be next week. It may not be next month or next year. But your house is going to fall. That's not my words. That's his. So the prudent man looks at what he says over in the first few verses of the seventh chapter. 
That was the 24th verse. Now, go back to the first verse. And now what he's saying must apply to my life in order for my life to be built on the rock. And so, Lord, you're right again every time. So let's talk about alms and and giving in general. Alms are not only just somebody who's in need, but it also would have to do with your giving, giving into into the uh, kingdom of God, and just general giving. And remember this, it's got to come from the heart. Now look at 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter and the 7th verse. 2 Corinthians, ninth chapter, 7th verse. It's something that we quote now and again. Each one of you, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So let's look at that again. Not grudgingly or really not wanting to do it. I am not going to, and I instruct all of our brethren that preach in, in from our pulpit. We are not going to browbeat people into giving. Not going to do it. Because there's no blessing in it. We're, we're not going to make people feel out of compulsion that, oh, I have to give, and I have to give, and I have to, I have to get my name on the list. I have, I have to be a giver of this church or everybody's going to refuse me. I'm going to tell you something. Nobody knows whether you're giving or not, except God does. We don't beat people into giving. I've said this, and, and ever since I've been pastoring, if you don't want to give, keep it in your pocket. You're going to need it later. Because your house is going to come down. Jesus said, if you don't build on my word, Judd, the house is going to fall. And so I'm not hoping people's houses fall, but I just know the way it goes. We give unto God. We give the blessing, the, 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 the honor to God back of our first fruits and the blessing of our life. And we give back. This is the way God has designed it to be. But he only wants it that way if you're cheerful about doing it. I don't know. I think we're just going to skip giving this this month. Well, that's not a very cheerful heart. Keep it in your pocket. Well, I looked at our bills and we just can't afford to give this month. That's okay. Keep it in your pocket. Keep it in your pocket. God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. If you don't have a heart to give, keep it in the pocket. Because He just wants people. and, 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 And this is... We get the word, everybody know the word hilarious? I mean, we kind of use it as something really funny, but it, it, it really is just an expansion of joy. It, it, that's where our word hilarious comes from, this Greek word hilero. It's, it's, it's a, an exercise of joy. It's something that I enjoy doing. You all enjoy going out to eat and sitting down and uh, having a, a nice steak or whatever it is you like, and in our case, a lot of Mexican food, and, and man, just bring that Mexican food, oh, it just feels so good. Well, I'm telling you something, that's a joy. But if we don't feel the same way about coming and giving to Lord, and, and it's a joy in our heart to give to Him, it's an honor to say, Lord, you have blessed me. God, you've been so good to me. I love your kingdom. I love you, Lord. I want to present to you of my first fruits because you have been so good to me. It's got to come out of joy. A joyful giver. Can you say amen? And, and I, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not trying to prod you or in any way come compel you 
to uh, uh, give more than what you're giving. That has got to be decided in your heart to give to the Lord. It's where the blessing is. Everybody say amen. Because we got this is everybody now this morning. This, this is just everybody. Unilateral. Is that Lord, mm, I want to give to my God. I want to bless my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, um, so this word, hilaros, is describing someone who is cheerfully ready to act because they already approve. Then the second meaning of this is the spontaneous, non-reluctant giving. Spontaneous giving. And I want to tell you about your left and your right. You'll have an impulse to give, to help, to do something right. And then you sit down and think about it. Don't do that! I think that's what the Lord's talking about, your left and your right. Sometimes I'll just look over at Kay and say, we need to do that. She said, I'm thinking the same thing. And it just stop right there. Let's do it. Because that's where the joy's at. And we sit down and calculate, oh man, I don't know. Ah, that person, you know. They, no, 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 no. When we start doing that, then we lose that spontaneous joy of being able to give, being able to help. And the joy's gone out of it. And now, now we're doing it because of duty. We do it because we maybe feel bad, you know, of, of some, other, some other reason. But God wants us to be givers. That spontaneous. Where do you think that's coming from? It's not coming from the flesh. I need to help this person. Oh, I rebuke you, devil. No, no, no. That's not the devil. That's spontaneous act of, I've got a heart. I just, just got a heart. I mean, Kay used to get on to me. It's not really, I probably maybe could have used a little more wisdom, but I'd see people eating out of the dumpsters and stuff, and it just, just tear me up. Now, you don't see that here too much, uh, uh, you that are from Oklahoma. Um, you know, in California, we just, I mean, just a lot of really impoverished people, and a lot of it they deserve. Drugs, alcohol, abuse. Try and give them some money, they just go buy cigarettes. Next time you see them, they have an ape, but they bought cigarettes. I mean, just really just a lot of that, and and uh, early on, I can remember, and the kids were little, and probably shouldn't have done it, but I would bring, I don't know if Heather remember this, I'd bring people home. I said, holding a sign and said, we'll work for food. I said, well, I can bring you home. Come wash my truck. I'll give you some money. And, and uh, it just that heart, that's the heart I want. That's the heart I want. Things of life can shut that off. You can get to the place where, oh, they're all, they're all on the take. And you find yourself an out that you don't have to give anymore. You don't have to help anymore because you begin to calculate. That's what Jesus said. Don't let your left know what your right is doing. Because in the calculation of this thing, we lose the blessing of giving. Verse 19 of the 7th chapter, the 21st. Don't lay up treasures on earth, rather in heaven. And now, I want to address 
the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is a lie. It's a farce. It's an antithesis of the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't lay up treasures on earth. Now, the Old Testament, go to the ant, thou slugger, consider her ways and be wise. She lays up for the winter. I think the Lord is, is, is telling us, don't lay up for the winter, don't lay up for the future. But don't lay your treasure in this earth. He says, because moth and rust and thieves can break in and steal, right? I knew a gentleman who, he just, he's passed a few years ago, but he worked every day of his life. He worked seven days a week on purpose. He had his own business, construction business. He did earthwork. He worked like a dog. He loved it. And he put, a, put his money back, and he saved it and saved it. And, and he wasn't reading the Scripture because he was missing church. He was missing his family. He was missing all kinds of stuff because he was working. He just put laying it up, laying it up, laying it up. He invested it with a guy who took every bit of it and ran. What have you done then? Spent your life laying up things. And Dan, Dan just said the other day, it's just a good observation. He said, really, none of us own our houses. Just quit paying taxes and see what happens. You're going to find out somebody else is going to be living in that house. If we try and lay up stuff here, I mean, God gives us stuff to use. And thank Him for the blessing. Can you say amen? Thank Him for blessing. Every overflow that He gives, thank you, Lord, for blessing. But you're not taking nothing with you. The Pharaohs tried it, but it really didn't work. The grave robbers came and got it later. You're not taking stuff with you, but lay up treasure in heaven where thieves and rust and moth do not destroy and thieves break in and steal. No, it can't happen. So, so really, where your treasure is, there your heart is. See, there's that heart issue again. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. I like to say this because it's so true. People do what they want to do. You will find time to do what you want to do. You will find investment where you want to invest. No doubt about it. Invest in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I want to, I, I've got something here that it thrilled my heart when I heard it. So hopefully it will uh, it'll minister to you too. Therefore, when you do alms and giving, we're going to go on to, to prayer and some other things, but when you do alms and giving, you're going to, as a Christian, I know people, I've heard people that have studied the Scriptures, the New Testament, to try and find justification not to give. You know anybody like that? It kind of goes like this. We don't have to tithe anymore. Because the New Testament teaching doesn't really teach us, you know, that we have to tithe. And now, that's when I begin to think, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not going to the Scripture to find out 
You know, Jesus said, he said, you, you take the, just the little tiny things and you tithe on them, but you know your heart's not right. I'm not going to go to the Bible to find out ways not to give. That's not of God. But I want to find out ways to give to the Lord. That's the Christian heart. Can you say amen? The Christian heart isn't, Lord, make me more stingy. The Christian heart is, Lord, make me more liberal. Make me a giver, such a giver, that I'll be like you, Lord. And so, therefore, when you do merciful deeds and giving, don't trumpet before you as the hypocrite givers. So, I wanted to go to the commentaries on this, and I'm, I'm glad that I did. Sometimes I don't, you know, a lot of things that they have are just opinions and things. But I found two guys that, that really through their kind of their Jewish studies, they came up with two things. And I, I want to relate these to you. This is really interesting. The Pharisees had a practice that when they gave alms to the poor in the street, that they would actually blow a trumpet. And in that day, it was, you know, the trumpet was a... Uh, a, a sheep's horn or a shofar and they would blow this shofar or sh or sheep's ram's horn together the people so they would know that it's time for them to you know they were going to give to the poor well i mean i can understand that that might be they didn't have telephones they didn't have you know postal system hey on certain certain day we're going to meet down so they blew the horn and people came but that wasn't what it was about. It was about, look at what we're doing. Look at, look at all. Oh boy, we're going to give to the poor. The Pharisees now, they're standing out there and they're doling out to the poor. But they're doing it because they want to be seen of men. They're not doing it because they love the need of the poor. They're doing it because they want to be seen of men. I've been in many a service where they did the... Who's going to give what thing? And boy, people, you know, who's going to give a hundred? And then people, we recognize them all over the building. And a lot of those people didn't have a heart to give. They just wanted to be seen. The Lord doesn't like that kind of giving. You don't need to blow a trumpet to do good things and give alms and help people. You don't need those around you to give you accolades. Oh, you're such a good man. You're, you're, a, you're, you're just a giver. Oh, boy, you are really a godly, pious man. I don't think that's, that's what the Lord said, you have your reward. The second one was this, and this is the most interesting. In the synagogue, that was in the street. Remember Jesus said, don't blow the trumpet in the, in the street or in the synagogue. In the synagogue, and I didn't know this, so this is this for you all. They formed the coffer or what they would receive, the giving, the vessel. We have these bowls. And they would form what looked like a ram's horn. It was big on one end and would go down to small. And they made it in such a way that when you dropped money in it, it would make a sound. Now... In that day, they didn't have paper dollar bills. They didn't have checks. Most of us, when we come and give, we don't, we're not given, you know, coin, coinage. But in that day, that's all they had. They had coinage. 
And they would come into the synagogue and they would drop their coins in that horn and it would make a sound and they call it a trumpeting sound of giving. So this is so perfect. The Lord knows everything. So <laughs> the design was in such a way that the more you gave, the louder it was. If you took a handful of coins, which we don't give, some of the kids give, you know, 50 cents or something, come and drop it in, or, you know, you might have some change in your pocket. And if you hold that up and give, we could hear it ring. But this is so beautiful, so interesting, because this is exactly what Mark twelve forty one. And sitting down opposite of the treasury, Jesus watched as the crowd threw their coins into the treasury. Isn't that interesting? They threw them in. He uses the word balo. They didn't just set it there. Because they were being judged by the sound they could tell how much they were giving. So Jesus sets over against the treasury. Let me just continue to read this. And many of the rich ones threw in much. Well, how would you know? Because it was trumpeted. <laughs> and coming, one poor widow threw in two lepta. A lepta was so small, it was so thin, it wouldn't even possibly make a noise in the coffer. Two of them equaled a mite. And a mite was the smallest denomination of any coin. She threw in two half mites. They were so thin, they didn't even make a sound. Having called his disciples near, he said to them, Truly I say unto you that this poor widow has thrown in more than all those casting into the treasury. For they all threw in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty threw in all, as much as she had, her whole livelihood. When I think about this and I read this, it does bring tears to my eyes. I have witnessed that. I, I've seen that. This woman was not, she didn't know the sowing and reaping prosperity gospel. She didn't know it. You know, she couldn't sow large anyway because they teach you that you've got to sow large to reap large. You can't sow small to reap large. She, she sowed as small as you possibly can get. There's nothing smaller. That she could sow. And the Lord said, she gave more than all these guys dropping, throwing it in there, making that sound, that trumpet sound for them. I wonder if the Lord, when he was talking to his disciples about this, teaching them how to give, I wonder if he was fighting back the tears. That woman had a heart. To give to God. 
She gave everything. That's all she had. She gave her whole livelihood. I'm going to have to say she must have trusted God. Can you say amen? She must have felt like, God, you're going to take care of me. God, you could. I've said this over the years, and I know many of you feel the same way and have done the same thing. If I go busted, if I go broke, if, if things fall apart, if business falls apart, if houses get repossessed, if cars I lose cars, I'm going to give to you because that's my heart, God. I'm going to give to you. Not, I'm not giving to you for return. I'm giving to you because I love you and I have a cheerful, joyful heart to give unto my God. It's not about my finances. It's about my giving to the Lord. And this woman who gave so little but actually gave so much, was a real giver. Can you say amen? This bunch of, I'm going to read this, this bunch of wealthy jack donkey preachers who have gotten rich off the backs of the poor and the hurting and the sick, promising them healing, promising them prosperity. Let me tell you something, they have hell to pay. You can't get any lower than that to pray on the ones who are hurting, just hoping that maybe this man who's lying to them and telling them, if you give this money, you're going to receive a healing, you're going to receive prosperity, and he's lying to them. On the backs of those people have become millionaires and multimillionaires. God's going to get them. He's going to get them. I don't care what they say. I don't care what their little glorious message is. Those men are a cancer in the kingdom of God. Therefore, when you do, is everybody okay? Say amen. Therefore, when you do, what? When you do give, give in secret. Give in secret. For your Father that's in heaven will reward you Openly, not that men can see it, but that you'll know that he saw and he rewarded you. Can you say amen? Let me give you just before I close here. This is many years ago. We had a family in our church who was struggling, barely making ends meet. All they had was a vehicle which they sold. And they came and brought the tithe off of that vehicle to the church. I just, I was broken. I was just like, no, no. This is not right. They're barely making it. They're hardly feeding their kids. Living in government housing. And they sold that vehicle. And somewhere in their heart, they wanted to give to God. I want to tell you something. Nobody knew it. My heart was broken. I talked to Kay. I said, I just, I, I can't, I, I don't want to take that money. I don't, I just feel wrong about it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't long, and God rewarded them openly. And y'all, I don't know, some of you might know who I'm referring to, or maybe not, but it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to tell you. Because I want to tell you something. When you give with a right heart, when you give with a right heart, our Father, which is in heaven. Oh, hallowed be your name, Lord. 
you're able to give back. You're able to openly bless. And so we don't give to get blessed. Can you say amen? That's not why we give. We give because our heart is Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Let your giving be spontaneous and heartfelt. Not studied and calculated. Not giving to receive some sort of gain back. I hate that gospel. That's not giving. One of the promoters the other day, Jakes, T.D. Jakes, Oh, man, he's a big preacher, big. He, he is the black Billy Graham. I don't know if you know. That's what they call him, the black Billy Graham. Well, his house of cards is coming down like it did with Eddie Long. Oh, yeah, he's preached about homosexuality and, and, and stood up and did all this stuff, and now he's got those very accusations coming to him. I heard him the other day. He said this. He's a prosperity gospel preacher. He said, I wanted this and I wanted that, so I put God in my debt. And God will owe no man. So I just put him in my debt. You're a lying devil. You can't put God in your debt. That's the most craziest, stupid idea. You don't give to put God in your debt. Where'd you get that money from anyway? You got it from the Lord. And now we bless him again with it. Hey Amen. I'm, I'm going to close there. If we want our houses to be built on something strong... Something that's going to last. It's called the rock. But Jesus said this, A man who hears my words and builds his house on my words is a prudent man. Your house is going to stand. Can you say amen? So Lord, I, I, don't, you know, I don't understand all the ins and outs and ups and downs. I don't understand all the Beatitudes. I, don't, I just know, God, that if I can build on it, if I can build on it, my house is going to stand. And I think that's, you know, the church. And I think that's individually at home. I think that's individually each person. Build on the words of Jesus. Your house is going to stand. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me this morning? And we're just going to bless the Lord. And it's so good to be here with you this morning. It's something a little, I, I mean, we, we talk about giving now and again. But the Lord just laid those things on my heart. And uh, I just believe. That God is going to bless you. And again, I want to give you these receipts because you are givers this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We just come back and we praise you again, Lord. You've been so good to us. Lord, you have blessed us a whole. We moved to this country. Not a one of us had jobs. Maybe just Tony. But, but nobody moved here with any kind of guarantees. Nobody moved here uh, expecting where they were going to get even where, where we're at right now. Many have have elevated in their jobs. May God, you've blessed us with homes. You've blessed us with properties. You've blessed us, oh Lord, with so many good things. And we just, we just want to come back again to you and say thank you, Lord, and give to you righteously and, and good. Lord, we want to give, want to have a giving heart for others. Lord, for people who are unfortunate, people, people who are struggling. Lord, help us to have that spontaneous, loving, caring, joyful giving that you have called out in your scripture. May we build our house Upon your words, we thank you for it, Lord. Everybody said amen. Amen.